God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. Three weeks left in the regular season. Still lots of implications across the league. Lots of people fighting for a playoff spot. Lots of people fighting to not be the Sacco. And I'm here to talk about it. I'm your host, 2018 champion, Andrew Gelblad. And I'm excited to be rejoined by my co-host, your three-time champion, your reigning champion, your commissioner, your one-time Sacco, Mr. Andrew Seiler. Seiler, how's it going today? How are you? It's good to be back. Thank you for... Uh, how did I do without you? I think you did a great job. I listened to it right after it got uh, posted. I think, you know, I'm I'm sweating my job a little bit because, uh, you know, we're potentially going into a recession soon. There's going to be mass layoffs all across the, the world, and I need to really prove my worth. So I think you did a great job, and I need to pick up the slack. Yeah, it was tough. It was, It was one of those moments where I had to keep – reflecting on what I was going to say next because there was no pause period to think about what the next thought was. So I had to be doing a million things at once, but I am glad to have you back for sure as speaking to myself in a hotel room in Boston is not what I wanted to be doing. And what a week to have you back. I mean, there were a lot, a lot of upsets, a lot of crazy things going into the end of the season especially with your team. So we'll have a lot of things to talk about, but let's just, let's dive in. First game I have quarrels against Russell, probably the, one of the more boring games of the week, if I had to say, but with huge implications, quarrels pulls out the win 101 to 89, you know, another scrappy win for quarrels. So least points for in their division, least points against in their division, you know, obviously a huge reason why they're doing so well. Dak Prescott with a solid game. Christian McCaffrey in a reduced role is still able to put up 14. But Amari Cooper, really the hero of that team, 32 points. Just an absolute monster game. For Russell, he does get a strong game from Christian Watson. Unfortunately, Mike Williams gets hurt. Brian Williams does nothing. Saquon with a tough game against a surprisingly porous Detroit defense. So, you know, really bad for Russell there. Really needed a win there to be, you know, not he has literally no chance of making the playoffs now but it's pure sacco conversation yeah it's so frustrating the amount of times that quarrels keeps getting away with this because it can't keep getting away with this every single week they don't do well but they just play somebody that's worse and i guess it's all of it it's i guess they play down to their competition because even russell after the thursday night game i was like wow I was actually worried because at this point, I'm probably not making the playoffs. I was kind of rooting for Quarles for Sacco purposes. And yeah. I was like, oh, Russell already has 42 points from Christian Watson and Rodgers. You know, shit. And then, you know, Quarles pulled out the victory, even though it was really ugly. And they're going to probably win the division. And they do have a team that could make a run, though. Yeah, and they, they have players that can win. That, and that's the tough part about their team, that they have players who can perform. They just don't ever seem to all perform at the exact same time. But it's going to be one of those perfect stories. They'll go into the playoffs in week one. They're going to demolish whoever they play week one in the playoffs. Agreed. Unless they get the bye. But, yeah, you know, tough for Russell. Mike Williams getting hurt. Obviously, the Juju injury is tough. The Jamar Chase injury, he really just had no chance once Jamar got hurt. Russell has a new wide receiver get hurt every single week. Yeah, <laughs> he really, <laughs> really does. It's yeah, very funny. He's at Jamar, Juju, uh, Mike Williams twice. It just, you know, it's a carousel <laughs> for him. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Wyatt against Nate. Again, a pretty ugly win from Wyatt, but a win's a win, 104-94. to Joe Burrow with a superstar performance, 31 points. Josh Jacobs being that hero RB1 that no one thought he could be. And then David Montgomery with a great game as well. For Nate, you know, Josh Allen just with a terrible outing against Cleveland out in Detroit. Uh, tough break that he had no backup running backs to play and had to play Tristan Ebener, who I had never actually even heard of prior to this week, <laughs> 0.8 points in a very winnable game if he has Kenneth Walker or Rashad White able to play. Probably actually wins this game. And then Brandon Ayuk, who you know did have two touchdowns on Sunday or Monday night, I thought was actually going to be his hero, is not able to pull up the win. 
Nate now tied for second in his division in what is going to be an extremely close division race. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like Nate and Wyatt have both played in extremely close games. It feels like every single week that they're doing it. Um, But fortunately for Wyatt, he pulled it out. I mean, Wyatt is just kind of pulling for the wild card. Nate has no chance at the wild card, and he's pulling for the division. So, Well, no. I mean, the wild card is not locked yet. The wild card teams are at six wins. So they're still there. You're very much – you're such a pessimist. You're like, okay, well, there's no way you could – how could I possibly win three more games and someone loses three games? But for Nate specifically, even if he wins three games, he would need Wyatt and Dane, I believe, to each lose three games because he would lose the points for battle against them. So he basically has to win out and needs both of them to lose out to make the playoffs. Yeah. Card. Anything's possible. Oh, my God. That's why God. you play the game. That's why the playoffs don't start tomorrow. You have to wait three more weeks. Okay, that's coming from someone in first place and not someone fighting for their sack <laughs> alive. So This is coming from a guy who hasn't made the playoffs in two years. who's been fighting for spots. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I mean Nate's team... Yeah, it's just in tough shape with Kenneth and Rashad White both out. Wyatt's team, you know, something to note too, he had two guys on his team with negative points. His defense had negative one point and his kicker had negative two points. That's impressive to still pull out the W. Yeah, so, and that's also, and and which is almost more of a, a dig on Nate because Nate's defense had 20 points and his kicker had 17 points. So this was, was definitely the was, week of the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was going right. I'll ask if you're Graham Gano. <laughs> or Nick Folk, which yeah. we'll talk about soon. <laughs> uh, next up, we had you, Siler, against Dane, squeaking out the win 117 to 115. Newly acquired Justin Fields, 23 points. Jamal Williams with three touchdowns. Newly acquired Devin Singletary with a solid game. And then Brett Mayer with 22 points, just an all time kicking kicking uh game and then unfortunately for dane you know he basically just got kicker two points from his kicker uh really is the difference there between him winning him losing and nick folk is usually a sure sure footed kicker is that sure sure footed kicker uh he had two misses all year i believe going into that game and then he missed two field goals against the jets wow so if he makes either of those two misses, Dane wins. Um, I almost was kicking myself for doing that trade because Kelsey obviously put up three uh, an all-time performance. And had I had Kelsey, this would have been a blowout. Instead, I had to sweat it out the whole time. I did not feel good at all. But, but I a win's a win. the victory. A win is a win. And you're two games back from the wild card. Yeah, I, I have a better chance at the wild card. I, th- I think I have more points for than Nate, but... I don't think I'm making the wild card though, but it's going to be a close race. Yeah, I've got 60 more points than Nate, so I'm 37 points behind Wyatt. So right. I'm certainly a better shot. Yeah, I mean, there it is not. It is not even close to being over yet. And I'm excited to talk about your trades on the waiver wire. Sure, we get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, but yeah, but and then Dane, you know, it's just a tough loss, especially as he was fighting for the division against me. Yeah, that I mean, he now three games back. The uh, best he could do is tie you, and you have the points for advantage. So, yeah, but we're pretty close in points for, I think. I don't think we're that. Are we that far off? Uh, you are about 70, 80 points up. So he could yeah. get it back, but it's not likely. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a tough loss for Dane, but he also had ETN on by. So, you know, right. sure he'll he'll plug that in. Judy, oh, I guess Jared Judy hasn't done much all season. Uh, the Dallas Goddard injury, though, obviously being a, a huge blow to his team as well this week, having to put in Foster Moreau, only three points. Where, you know, Goddard was, was, was he the number, like, four tight end of the season so far? Probably yeah, now he's run. five, but that he didn't play last week, so. Yeah. So, you know, just a, just a tough loss for Dane. But, you know, we still have him high. I still have him high on my power ranking. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. Next up, we had an ass-whooping of Lee against Brian, 155 to 98. Look, I say it every week. Lee, needs, <laughs> Lee has two guys. He needs a third guy to finally show up. And is this the reemergence of Najee Harris? 27 points. 
does that give Lee the missing piece he's needed to complement Patrick Mahomes and Devontae Adams? Because if he has that third piece and his other guys, like the, the Darnell Moonies and the Dawson Knoxes can just consist like he's got a team. Hey, this is Lee's division. Okay. Lee's in first place. And now it's this is definitely good. an episode. This is definitely an episode Lee listens to, by the way, after winning by so much. <laughs> Look, like it's it's about to be a bloodbath in that ugly in the NFC Lee's division because they all play each other. So basically whatever happens in these next couple weeks of all of them playing each other, whoever comes out victorious of that will somehow sledge their way to winning this division. But Lee is hot. Look, his team is putting up quality numbers. Uh, I This might be one of Lee's highest point totals ever. <laughs> I, I'm not even... Not even kidding. I may have to look into that, but that would be that would be a great historical. Yeah, but Brian's team is on is trending down and has been for quite some time, and Lee's trending up. So it was just an unfortunate spot for Brian. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, he had ninety eight points. So who he would have beaten? Although he Brian would have beaten a few teams this week. He would have beaten Caniglio. He would have beaten. Would have beaten Russell. Russell. He would have beaten Nate. So he didn't have the lowest score of the week, but. Yeah, Brian's team without with with Cooper Cup out and with Evans and Fournette on by, and even with Fournette it was a banged up Fournette. Uh, still, just in a rough spot with that. It, again, we talk about it all season. It's that flex and that wide that, that that flex wide receiver spot. He doesn't have a third person to throw in where he could put in someone or two on the week that Mike Evans is like. He doesn't have that piece. No, and starting Duvernay, I had him earlier in the year. He just barely does anything. He has less than two points in like most of his last five or six weeks. So it's a tough start for Brian. Yeah, and especially really falling from grace. I mean, was he six and zero at one point or five and zero? What was he? I think he was five and zero. He's five and zero, and then just goes up. He goes one and five for the the end of the season. Like. First Caniglio, then Brian. It's like you yeah. start out hot and just bam. Titans fall. Uh, next up in one of the craziest games of the week, we had Noah against Scott. Scott pulls out the win 128 to 121, the third and fourth highest scoring games of the week up against each other. Looking at Scott's team, I don't know if you were watching the Monday Night Football game, but Rondell Moore gets hurt on like the second play, and I'm just like, oh, Scott can't win this. There's no chance. Uh, he just he's not going to be able to do it. But lo and behold, George Kittle, two touchdowns, James Conner, a touchdown, 49ers defense with an interception, and we got ourselves a win from Scott, you know, even behind a Jared Goff six-point game. I, I'm glad that someone else gets to enjoy the pain that I was suffering. I mean, stop Jared Goff for a while. Uh, Derrick Henry, just a monster game. Chris Olave, and this was all without Ty- with Tyree Kilhurt and Allen Robinson, who could have plugged in for Rondell Moore and had a solid game as well. You look at Noah's team, Marcus Mariota with a decent game. That running back duo, who I, it's so disappointing, those running back. You, and it's why I keep ranking him so high. Is you see Kamara and Jones, and you're like, the, he has two top five running backs on his team who consistently are scoring as top 15 running backs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and, I mean, well, I guess I'll talk in a little bit, but Henderson – was his like he he has he's gonna be in a little bit of bye week trouble in week fourteen, which is one of the oh reasons, my god one yeah. of the reasons that he was he actually wasn't he didn't want to include Singletary he wanted to do Henderson and I wouldn't do that and I was like oh you could just start Henderson for one week like what's the big deal yeah. and he's like you know what you're right and now he can't wow. um, that's so, huge and then I mean obviously the Tony the, the Kadarius Tony injury we have to talk about that the Kyle Pitts injury you know two injuries of guys who could have scored that seven point gap but Kelsey with a monster game commander's defense with that great pick six to start off I thought he was off to the races uh, and then unfortunately you know George picking 17 points you know I feel like he's almost like playing too smart Noah like starting Kyle Pitts at tight ends you have Kelsey in your flex like I don't know. It it just seems like he's playing too smart. 
I didn't get why he did that either, especially with the season that Kyle Pitts has had. It's been and Pickens has been on fire recently. Yeah, Pickens. I mean, I'm actually not exactly. I haven't been following that much, but he is having a pretty good year. Yeah, I mean his last his last uh, few weeks were. I don't think he played week eight. So starting week four, he's had 16, 11, 4, 16, 14, 17. Yeah, I'm shocked that he didn't play him instead of Pitts. Well, now he dropped Pitts because he's hurt. So yeah, it'll make his decisions in the future a lot easier. Yeah, but that's just a, it's a tough, tough loss for Noah coming off of a huge week last week and still having the fourth, fourth most points this week. Yeah, and still had a great thing, week. Interesting that Scott has three QBs on his roster. He'll probably drop Goff now, and that he has Traylon Burks who had a quietly had a, a nice 100-yard performance. So Yeah, no, Scott's team is on the up and up. Scott, I feel like he's been really under the radar all season. Like, we've only said good things about him, but we haven't been spotlighting him on a given week. We've been just kind of passing over his name, saying we liked his team. But he's put together a really scrappy team of guys who I don't think at the start of the season I thought were going to perform as well. You know, Chris Olave turned out to be a huge, uh, a huge gain. Kittle coming back from the injuries looks solid. He's been up and down, but it's looking and he's got some back depth. So, big threat going into the playoffs. Yeah, definitely a big threat. Last off, you had myself against Caniglio. Uh, just a, a solid game for me, one thirty-three to ninety-two. My probably the saving grace of my season, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I don't have to worry about playing anyone else. Thirty points. Uh, you had Patriots defense with that punt return getting me seventeen. And then, you know, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Pollard, even in a timeshare, put 40 points. And, and, and what a, a day afternoon game against the Minnesota Vikings. I texted Caniglio as these games were going on because I think literally the first two touchdowns of the day were a Jonathan Taylor rushing touchdown and a Drake London passing touchdown. And I was like, great, okay. So that's <laughs> this, this, this is how I start my day. Great. But no, I mean, Caniglio's team. 92 points, a little disappointing. It's funny. I feel like as you go down his roster, it just gets more and more disappointing. Herbert with a solid game. Taylor, fine. And then after that, just, you know, pretty mediocre stats across the board. Yeah, and he had some tough bye weeks this week. Uh, actually, he really – mainly just Jalen Waddle, But his team has just disappointed week in and week out. He's gets, he gets some good performances from A.J. Brown from time to time. Mark Andrews. Uh, he was hurt. He's finally back, but he hasn't put up a good performance since week six. So you just never know what you're going to get with Caniglio's team. And your team just keeps killing it. They've been very consistent. Someone steps up every week, whether that be Jimmy G and Tony Pollard, usually Justin Jefferson and Nick Chubb, but they just keep trucking and getting the job done. Yeah. I, this is, I've never had a season with more than nine wins. So this is probably this is the most fun I've had in a season in a long time. <laughs> but I I need the I need I need the team to just kind of like we're in the playoffs. I think I'm I'm, I'm officially a hawk. So like I just need the guys to calm down for a minute and just make sure that we're gonna have that rest versus rust conversation before you know it. Yeah, it's so funny. Have you seen when you go to? Have you ever seen that page that shows you like the ESPN final standing projections of draft day versus current projection? Yes, yes. <laughs> I I was so offended where I was projected as the eleventh ranked team going into the season. Oh my god! Yeah, and for some reason it has you at two. Right now, it has Scott at one. Yeah, I mean Scott's got a good team. I mean we're we're basically neck and neck. That's a good segue into standings, right? So. In the former champs division, you got Corals with a three-game lead with three weeks left. So never say never, Siler. You can easily overtake them because you got the point. Yeah. It all starts this week. It's, it starts this week. Put your foot down. You okay. got in the empty trophy case division. You got Scott in first place, but doesn't you know why it can overtake them? Still, only two games up, six and five. Then Brian six and five holding on. He's He's officially not – well, I guess not officially because if, if he loses out and – there's still a scenario where Brian could be the Sacco, <laughs> surprisingly enough. It's very unlikely, though. I mean, but it can happen. But Brian's sitting at 6-5, and five, and, you know, so Scott's currently second in the league, 
99% playoff chance at eight and three. And you got two champs plus Dane. You have myself at nine and two. So I only have a, a game on Scott. It's not, you know, it's very close. And I think from a points four standpoint, you're up by about 70 points. So 70 over three weeks, that's not crazy for him to, to catch that up. Dane at six and five, and then Russell at three and eight. And then Lee's division, the man himself, Mr. Call, sitting on top, five and six, 50% chance to make the playoffs. Nate and Nate and Noah right behind four and seven. How do you Crazy. think it plays out? What's so going the last three weeks? What's your playoff guess? I mean, you're gonna get you or you and Scott are locks. I mean, it even says you're a hundred percent. Scott's ninety nine percent. I'd love to know what the one percent scenario is if Scott not making it. He'd have to lose out. Wyatt would have to win out. And then Dane would have to win out. And I think Brian would have to win out. No, I... Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, Brian would... That, I don't even know if that's possible because Wyatt plays against... Uh, Wyatt plays against... You would basically... Brian. You would need Brian to go 9-5. and five, And then... Wyatt to go 8-3. and three, But and get more, more points. More. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, 99%. <laughs> so you, Scott, Corals, I think I'm going to go with Lee. I feel like he's got the game up. He has the most points for, I think. he has. He's beating Nate by five points right now. I think he's beating, what, is he, what is he beating Noah by? Not that much. Uh, oh, 40, 40. 50, yeah, 40-something points. That's a lot of points to make up. I mean, I think Lee is the the favorite right now. Um, And then my wild card has to be the Williams brothers. What about you? What do you mean your wild card? Oh, you know, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I I actually, okay, so here's my, here's my hot take. I think you, you gonna, you're gonna get in over Quarles. No shot. Who, I'm pretty sure Quarles has a pretty hard rest of season schedule. The thing is, I, I know, I know they play Caniglio this week, right? I play Noah, and if I lose it, I play Noah Caniglio and Corals. Right. So Corals plays Caniglio, you and then Scott. So if you can beat Coral, if if Caniglio wins and you can beat Corals, there's a very good chance that Scott's going to beat Corals. I mean, look at their points. Look at the points they scored. It, it annoys me every single they've time scored, I see it. They've, they've scored, they've only scored over 120 points, which is our, like, key benchmark of, like, yeah, you should probably win three times this season. I know. It annoys me every time I look at their points for and I look at my points for. But it's fine. I appreciate that you <laughs> think I'm going to win the division. I disagree with you. I mean, they've won two times under 100 points. I guess whoever loses between me and Noah is probably eliminated. So that'll be a fun. Yeah. Lose well, goes home. well, not really though, because if 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 Nate and Lee both lose, then if or I think they play each other this week. Do they play each other this week? Yeah, Nate plays Lee. So if if, if, if Nate if Nate beats Lee and Noah loses, he's only one game back. That's true. Okay, there's a lot of fun to be had. So I think you win your division. I think. So I think you win your division. Quarles is still going to be a wild card spot, though. And okay. I think the other wild, I think, I think Wyatt's not going to make the playoffs. As a joke, this is, this is a good <laughs> joke scenario. <laughs> I think I'm pretty open much aligned to your scenario, but if I was thinking of like a fun one, I think you and you and Quarles make it out of your division with Scott, myself, Dane, and then Lee. As like the six, that would be hilarious, but unlikely. But, but actually, but the way that the if the if the season were to end today, we would actually have four teams in the playoffs who have never won a championship. Ooh, and you would only have myself and Corals, and even on Corals, that's only fifty percent of the team has won a championship. So, really, only one and a half and scott would have a bye too so scott would already be in the second round as someone who's never he's only been to the second round one time probably the first (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. We got a <laughs> waiver wasteland. Silas waiver wasteland. We're all wasted. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, first I'll go into the bidding and then I'll go into the trade a little bit. Um, the largest bid of the week was Brian, which I feel like at this point in the season, we're almost at the end. If you have money and there's someone that you might want, you might as well just go all out for him. Exactly. And so I get it. Brian bid $46 for Josh Palmer. The next highest bid was only $8 by Noah. But with Mike Williams potentially missing extended time and Palmer having over 100 yards, I think it makes sense given Brian's roster that's just been decimated from injuries. Um, I bid $35 on Cam Akers. The next highest bid was Noah with $5. I was going to say, was that, was that you trying to box him out? It, a little bit, but also... You had, that, you, had, you had the insider scoop. You knew that he was relying on that Rams backfield to fill week 14. I did, but I, I was shocked that no one else... Not like I think Cam Akers is that good, but he's a starting running back. So I was shocked that nobody else put in bids higher than $5. Um, I think they, they might be shutting down Stafford for the year, so. Okay, I okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, regardless, Cam Akers, 35 bucks. James Cook, Dane won for $14. Uh, there was, an, I think you put in a bid for a dollar, and someone, Noah did also, but um, that was pretty much the main waiver wire additions. Um and then for the trade, I honestly didn't want to give up Kelsey. I've I think you lost. I, I think you lost the trade. Do you? Well, that's yeah. easy to say after he just had three touchdowns. No, no, no. I was going to text you when I saw the trade, but I figured I'd save the take for when I saw you. I think. Oh, you go first. You tell me what your thinking was, and I'll tell you why I think. Okay. You lost the trade. Well, the trade changed a lot from the first time that he sent it. And I think it got better and better for me. But my reasoning was, I think Tua and Fields are around the same. in term- Well, now Fields is hurt, so hopefully he plays. But when they're both healthy, I'd say it's about a wash with the abilities that they both have and the amount of points that they've been putting up, at least over the last few weeks. Um, and I think Mostert is losing his job to Wilson, which is why I was okay to get rid of him and try to get Singletary, who's been doing better and better. Um, and then on top of that, I also feel like my wide receivers have been dinged up the entire season and underperforming. And I think Godwin, Allen, and Lazard sounds way better than DJ Moore, who's been a horrible uh, Allen, uh, yeah, I guess upgrading for me from DJ Moore to Chris Godwin is a humongous upgrade in my opinion. And then at tight end, obviously I downgrade. Kelsey is just superior to every other tight end. But I just felt like the upgrades at those other spots were good enough that it would counteract that. Yeah. Okay. I guess when you put it like that, I don't – but what, what did Noah feel like he was gaining from this? What did they, he feel like he was gaining? He wanted Kelsey, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. I didn't want to give up Kelsey. But at the same time, like, I, I was just trying to change. And I don't know. I feel like I needed to do something with my team to avoid getting the Sacco. And I think that it have helped me. But we'll see. I mean, so far, it didn't. I almost lost because of the trade. But... It'll be interesting because this week I played. Well, no, no. well, did you know? Because who would you have played at quarterback instead of Tua? Daniel Jones. How did he do? He had 27 points. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. Honestly, whoever won this deal is going to be decided this week when Noah and I play against each <laughs> other. And it's a revenge game for like eight people. Yeah. No? Okay. That's fair. I take it back. I could see why you would do the trade. It just felt like it, it. It felt like you were getting meh players. Like getting a Singletary or a Godwin doesn't feel like a huge upgrade, but I guess on your roster it is a much a little bit of a bigger deal. 
Yeah, my wide receivers have been. I mean, Allen's played like two games, and DJ Moore had a couple good games for me, but overall, he has Baker Mayfield, and he puts up like three points a game. So, yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. That's very fair. Okay. Well, it's a good thing. And that's the waiver wasteland. Yeah. And all right. Power rankings. Let's jump into it. How do you feel about uh, your power rankings this week? What'd you say? So how do you feel about your power rankings? I feel pretty good about it. I think last week I had some big moves and I may have overreached a little bit on those. So I think now it's kind how of more commentary. What'd you say? How was my commentary on your rankings? Oh, I think it was accurate because there were a few things that you even were surprised by. And to me, it just made sense at the time. But then as we saw this week play out, I was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't uh, overreach as much as I did. So. <laughs> All right. So how do we want to do this? Why don't you go through yours this time? Because you went through mine. Uh, okay. So for me, and this might be probably going to be controversial given what's going on, but I have Lee at 12. I still, I, I need to see what Najee Harris can do for one more week because if, if not, like last week to me is such an outlier. Like his kicker scored 23 points. His running back who had like yet to score over 15 points all season scores 27 points. Uh, Devontae Adams has now had three games of over 150 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. Like, there's just, I don't know. I feel like he's getting a lot of peaks and his low, the lowest floor of almost anyone in the league, I think. I don't think it's fair to put him at 12. I probably have him a little higher than he should be because he's been hot, given it, you say it every week, and it's been from two players. But regardless, his team is hot. He's winning games, and wins are hard to come by in these divisions. So <laughs> I actually moved him all the way up to eight, and it's not because Lee's team is necessarily good. It's because the other teams have been so bad that his team is just I'd rather play these other teams than Lee at this very moment. I'd rather play Lee's team every day of the week. Now watch, I'm going to play him in the championship. That's easy to say when he put, I mean, that's, did he play Brian? Oh no, who did he play last week where he put up 155? Brian. Yeah, okay. I'm sure Brian wanted to play Lee's team also. <laughs> but I have it, so. I don't think Brian's team wants to play anyone. <laughs> uh, so then I had Russell at 11. I have Russell at 12. Yeah, I just, you know, he, he has no, outside of Saquon, he just has no superstar on his team. And I think, I, I guess, you know what, as, I'm going to read, I'm going to read doing this. I'm putting Lee up to 10 because I have, I should put, I, I would put Lee above Russell and Brian. Because at least Lee has some superstars who can score points. Those two teams just don't have any superstars anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Russell's team, I mean, it's just gotten... And it's not necessarily his fault. I mean, he's just gotten fucked by injuries. But, like, it at one point, it's actually looking better now than it did. He's getting Jamar Chase back. But even with Chase, I still... It's a tough roster. So, uh, you know, I, I got to put him at 12. He's just not putting up enough points. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I would have my brother probably at 10 or 11 here. Even though I had, uh, if I'm rearranging on the fly, again, I, I would kind of loop the, lump those three guys together as my bottom tier teams. Yeah, I'd put Brian at uh, at eleven. And his team, I mean, you know, if his team stays healthy, if Cup is there and Brees Hall is still there, like he's got one of the best teams in the league. But between those two guys, and look, I went through it last year with Lamar. It's the same thing. He has like they'll have like two games where he looks like he's literally the best football player that's ever played. And then all of a sudden for the rest of the season, he scores like 12 points, 15 points. And you're like, well, I didn't sign up for just two weeks of activity. It is bizarre looking at like 22, 52, 46, 12, 14, 15, 10. It's just like, I guess, I don't know. I You're right. I expected a lot more from him. But other than that, I mean. What's happened to me last year too? I bet you if, you, if I look at his stats from last year, it's the same thing. He had like three weeks where he scored 50 points. Gets a little dinged up from his style of playing. He can't really run as much. He has no weapons, like apparently he does every year. And, you know, he, he scores 10, 15 points. Yeah. 
But, I mean, even that along with his running back, I bet he didn't think he'd be starting Latavius Murray at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, has no competition anymore. I know. Melvin. Well, Brian has Melvin Gordon on his on his fantasy football roster also. Yeah, but so, I think he waved. He waved. He waved. He got waved. He waved through the free agency. Yeah, he's not on the team anymore. But yeah. either way, Brian's team is not looking good, and he is in the bottom of our rankings. So then I have Nate at nine. I if I had to go through groups, my next group of three. If I had to do everything in threes, my next group of three would be you, Nate, and Caniglio, and you could probably flip the orders. I think you guys all have players who can at least go off and do it a little bit more consistently. It's just that because you only have, let's say, three guys who can go off, you don't ever have them as succinct as they should be of, like, two happening at the same time. I actually have Nate at seven, I think. And it's shocking to me. Just well, like... I have, that's what, yeah, so, so I have 12, 11, 10, and then I have 9, 8, 7. Group oh, 10. okay. Yeah, okay, so it's not that different, but what what's crazy is if you look at his team, almost everyone is a top fifteen at their respective position. Really, Which doesn't make any sense based on how Nate's performed this year. So I maybe it's just that they just randomly like he just can't sync it together, and he'll have one like Terry McLaurin will go off one week, you know, Dalvin Cook will go off another week. So he's just getting these sporadic performances, and it's just negatively impacted him. But I think he's got the pieces to win Lee's division. So um, I don't know. So I, 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 I mean, he does have he has the second most points against. I mean, yeah. he has. I mean, yes, I have the most points for, but it does feel like cheating where I only have a thousand ninety four points against, where Nate has thirteen thirty nine. So like That's wild, yeah. You know, so it, it feels like cheating in a way. That's like 30 points a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. But, but yeah, anyway. But I'm also averaging like 20 more points a week than him. So oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, your team yeah. is much better. But Yeah, but, but I think that's a part of it, too. Like, Nate, Nate from a points four standpoint, is for all intents and purpose, two, four, six. He's like the seventh highest scoring team. Okay. And Lee is sixth then, I guess. But um, either way, I think Nate has a decent team and is seven. So we're not too far off. Yeah, and then with your team, it's nice to see you finally have some pieces. You know, Keenan Allen was finally able to play some snaps last week. Uh, It's so funny to see that you're starting Jamal Williams over Swift. He's killing it. And they're both. 10th ranked running back. Yeah, because Amon Ross St. Brown has gotten stopped at the one-yard line like every week. Of the every last time. Week. So, it's good, good for you. Yeah, but, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I mean, your team... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I Your team just... Uh, the reason why I think you're a bottom, you're in that second tier, is that you have some guys with some decent floors, but their ceilings aren't that high. Like... Jamal Williams' ceiling is not that high. Typically, he's pretty TD-dependent. Devin Singletary doesn't have a crazy high ceiling. Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, like a, like a blowout game for Chris Godwin is going to be like 19 points. And you're like, that was like, what, that was that, that, that surpassed everything I thought I was going to get from him this week. I don't know if I agree with you on Godwin. I just feel like he's been dinged up. But and Allen, I feel like, has a higher ceiling, but I agree on Williams and Singletary. But also, Fields has the highest ceiling of almost right. any quarterback right. right now. So, I don't love my team either. I'm not saying <laughs> I have myself at nine. It's not like I have myself yeah. that high. So, all right. So, the next group I have is I have Corals, Noah, and myself. I have myself at four, Noah at five, Corals at six. Um, these are teams where I think they have super high ceilings, but I think their floor, the floor is lower than my top three teams. So I know like putting me at four, oh my God, how do you, but I, I do think that my guys have shown some pretty low floors on a weekly basis and I, they just haven't all happened on the same week. 
I don't know how you could not have yourself in the top two. I mean, I have you at number one still. I feel like that's crazy. Well, I mean, like, so Coral's team, like, they have a, a bunch of guys who can boom, right? They have the, like, McCaffrey, Damian Pierce, uh, Debo, Metcalf, Jeff, like, like uh, Pittman, Amari Cooper. Like, they have a lot of guys who can boom, but they, I feel like their floors are also low. And I feel like, I feel like me and Coral's have a very similar team in terms of boom and bust ability. I don't know if I agree with that. The level of consistency that you have with your team booming, it's just like, it's not even close. Um, but I, so I, I mean, I have you at one, I have Corals at five, and then I have Noah at six. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Noah's team got better. You know, luckily for Noah, he had a lot of pieces to trade to get Kelsey, so his starting roster doesn't take a lot of hits. But... If Noah doesn't win this week, he's in for some trouble because if he can't win this week and then week 14 comes with no running backs, he's basically out of out of playoffs. Well, on top of that, every week is so important for Noah. And now in, in week 14, he doesn't – his next running – his RB2 is Samaji Piran. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that he's in 21 points just says it all about his team. Right, but I feel like he – He's been projected to get a lot of points for a while, and he never does. So, yeah. uh, And then my top three, I have Scott, Wyatt, and Dane in that order. I think these three teams continue to show a lot of versatility, a lot of – I mean, they're just digging through the trenches. I, I, so I, I haven't changed my Dane, Wyatt, one, two in a long time, and Scott, at three. I've had that order since week seven. I have them in the same order as you, but after you. So I have Scott <laughs> at two, Wyatt at three, and Dean at four. It's very nice of you. And I, 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 I obviously, like, I have the most points for. I just, my, the issue with my team, I think, is just, is, is this, like, type of scoring sustainable? It seems like it. <laughs> from That's where I get concerned. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, well. Yeah, I think we're we're pretty much on par of who we think the top teams are. Mm-hmm. Our top four is in a different order. All right, so let's go into project. Let's go into this week's matchups. Unless you have anything else you wanna you need you want to add? Nope, that I'm ready to go into the matchups. Let's do it. Let's do it. So week twelve, we got six games, six very important games. Start with one that's a division matchup. You have Russell against Dane. I'm just looking up their head-to-head historical, and this is actually it's not updated for this season, so it's going to be one game back. I forgot to pay the guy this year to do it, so let's see. Russell is right here. Historically, Russell's up 8-3. to three. Currently projected to lose, though, 115-122. to 122. This is like a must-win game for Russell if he wants to have a chance to not be the Sacco, but I, I do think he wins this game. Yeah, I don't – I mean, Dane, in both of our opinions, is one of the top teams in the league, and Russell is last or close to last in our power rankings, so I got to go with Dane also. Next, we have Wyatt against – Scott projected to score 131 points this week. That might be one of the highest projections pre a game. You know, like sometimes like they'll play the Thursday game and the projections will go up. I don't think I've ever seen a 131-point projection – Versus Scott's or, or why it's one sixteen. What's even crazier is Scott is projected to win at every position except for Derrick Henry against Josh Jacobs, <laughs> and Derrick Henry is the number one scoring fantasy football player. So, wow, well yeah. done, Scott. Yeah, this is crazy and and a huge match. I mean, every game in the last three weeks is going to be crazy important but you know Wyatt fighting if Wyatt wins this game he's one game back on Scott for the division so this oh, is it's huge Wyatt's road up though it's tough to go against numbers like this I am going to go with my my number two ranked team Mr. Williams it almost feels like the 131 is like it's, it's almost like, it's almost like too high to be real you're like you're not gonna... <laughs> It's like ESPN is like is just feeding into Scott's ego, and it's like it's setting him up for the ultimate letdown. Right. Um, 
having said that, I think I'm going to go with Scott still. I think he just has some good matchups, and his team is just on fire. So I'm going to go with Scott. Next, in a huge division game, we have Lee against what's his name, Nate. If Lee wins this game, giving him a huge opportunity to run away with the division. Projected to lose, though, 109-120. Wow. <laughs> this is, like, this, I have to go with Nate here. I, I want it to be so bad that Nate wins, and then somehow Noah wins, and they're all at five and six with two weeks left. We're going to know if, who's going to... I feel like on Thursday, we'll have a pretty good idea of who's going to win this game because Noah or Nate has Josh Allen going on Thursday and Dalvin Cook on Thursday. Uh, and Lee has Bills D, Tyler Bass, and Dawson Knox. I think Josh Allen against the Lions is going to get real ugly for the Lions. I'm going to go with Nate. Okay. Next up, we have in... Again, I'll just say it again, an extremely important matchup. Tyler against Noah, both teams fighting both for a playoff spot and also to not be the sack go at the same time. Noah projected to win 121 to 105. It's just, it just doesn't feel like Noah's year right now. It just, things are not going his way. And I don't know if it's not going to go his way in the sense of like being so close to make the playoffs. Or just realizing now that he won't make it. But I'm going to go with you, Siler. Ooh, interesting. Um, I'm excited just to see who won the trade. It's all based on this matchup. So You sold me that you won the trade. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, I, I feel like they're going to put Jalen Ramsey on Travis Kelsey. I don't know why they wouldn't. Because, like, who, like why wouldn't you put your best cover person on Travis Kelsey. He's their wide receiver one. So I think he's going to have a tough game. And I think I'm going to pull it out. I think I'm going to eke out the victory. You think Fields plays? I think Fields is going to play. I saw he practiced or he got cleared to practice today. If he doesn't play, I would say I'm in deep trouble because I have no... If Fields Fields doesn't play, I say you lose. But if he does play, I say you win. Okay, I'm on... I agree. I'm making the same prediction as you. Okay. Uh, you gonna put that in the notes? Yes. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and then, oh, I didn't even do that. I didn't do your or Nate, Lee and Nate. Sorry. So Lee against Nate. Historically, they're actually tied seven seven. Though this doesn't include when they played last. Though I don't know if what they're who won last time. So I think Lee won. So then seven, and then you saw Noah. You were up fourteen and nine. Wow, you guys have played each other a lot. We oh my god, so many times. Next up we have Coniglio against Corals. You know, this is a must win game for Corals with two teams kind of breathing down their backs. They have to win one of their next three and they lock in. So either it starts now or it doesn't. Coniglio projects to win one seventeen to one twelve. I don't think this is the game they win though. It feels like a trap game for them in a game that, you know, being in first place in the division, they you would assume they win. Going to go with Caniglio here for the win. I hope you're right, because I started thinking about it more. If they do lose this game, and I beat Noah, and then you play- it is realistic for Scott to beat them and for me to beat Caniglio, right. and then to have it all on the last week. I'm starting to feed into this hype train that you've started for me. <laughs> you're, you, you check yourself out too quickly. There's still three games. If, if if there was two games left, I would be like, yeah, I understand that. But, like, there's still a lot of football to be played. Okay. Then All right, I'm be... feeding into it. I'm feeding. We're going, <laughs> Caniglio. <laughs> and then last up, we have myself against my brother, a Gelblad Bowl. It's so funny. I think the schedule, this is, we do the same schedule every year, right? Because I'm pretty sure I play my brother on Thanksgiving every single year. Ah, uh, we don't do the same thing every year, actually. We flip it around a little bit. I play my brother on Thanksgiving. I've played my brother on Thanksgiving at least the last three years. Because he hates <laughs> watching fantasy. He hates watching football with me when we're playing each other. Because 
of just like the ups and downs I have and he like he's just like so stoic like he pretends like he doesn't care which is probably why his team you know he, he has to put a little energy into it but I won't be with him this year so maybe that's a little morale boost for him to try to perform a little more projected to win 112 to one three although I didn't do let me just do Corals and Coniglio Coniglio oh they're tied 6-6 six, six, so they, they played each other this season and then me against my brother Let's see. This will actually tell me when we played each other. Let's see right here. So we played each other week... Yeah, I mean, we played each other... So let's assume week 12 is Thanksgiving, always. Mm -hmm. We played each other week 12 in 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, and 2021. Oh, interesting. There was a six-year lull, though. Yeah, but it just feels like we always play each other on Thanksgiving. Okay. Well, maybe it will, you guys will be like the Lions and the Cowboys where you're a fixture on Thanksgiving. Yeah, we should that should be a fixture. We should we should have fixture games on Thanksgiving. That would be really fun. I agree. It should be like the the storied franchises. You should have like like the Williams should like so this is how we do it, right? The Williams play each other. You should have me against my brother. You should have Russell against uh, Nate. No, I feel like Nate versus Noah. What's well, a division game? Like, like last week. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, you should do you against Canigli. Oh, that's division two. You maybe you against Scott is like a UB game. I don't know. Like Thursday, it should be like our like bowl games, like like the like the fun games on on Thanksgiving Day. I'm in. I like this idea. Oh my gosh, my brother's team name in 20, 2015. <laughs> His team name was. Beat son. <laughs> Yikes! That that didn't yeah. age well, there, Brian. Yeah, that did not. PC police are getting sent right on you. Uh, so we're eight to eight historically. I'm gonna go with myself here. I think I, I I get this win. Most wins I've ever had in a year I can kind of take it easy for the rest of the season and just you know focus on my commentary on the rest of the league. It's interesting. Almost all your players are playing home games, and almost all of Brian's players are playing away games. Um, I noticed that for my the last week of my season, almost all my guys play away games. It's tough. that's not great. Uh, I'm I can't pick Brian in this. Your team has just been so hot, and Brian's has been so cold. So I, I gotta go with you. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm only projected one eighteen. There's one, two, three, four, five, six teams ahead of me in projections. I am worried about Justin Jefferson against New England, uh, but even so, your team is just... How can you not play him, you know? Be- oh, of course, you <laughs> play him no matter what, 100%. Yeah. All right, guys, well, this is an episode. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to Siler coming back and not just having to hear my voice. Siler, thank you for making the time on a, a Wednesday at 3 o'clock. If you had... Te- I actually meant to text you, but you... Uh, you texting me about you playing Pokemon. I was like, oh, he must be free right now. <laughs> no one does anything the week, the day before Thanksgiving. Let, let's be honest here, guys. Yeah. It's, it's a day off. So appreciate everyone listening. We've got three weeks left. A lot of football left to play. Be really interesting. Talk about, I believe next week, do we have Caniglia one next week? Or is that the week after? I might be the week after. We'll double check. If not, we'll try to reach out to Dane and get him on the podcast. So, because we got to get him on before the end of the year. Yeah. Well, as always, guys, I'm your host, Andrew Gelblad, joined by your commissioner, three time champ, one time sack, Mr. Andrew Seiler. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. Happy Thanksgiving and enjoy the football with some friends and family. Adios. Oh, thank you.